Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spirituality in a relationship isn't just about whether you go to temple, church, or mosque together. What we believe or don't, either religiously or spiritually, touches everything. Everything from how we spend our time, our money, to how we raise our kids, and even what friendships we keep. Today, I'm going to talk about the common mistake couples make when there are different religions or spiritual beliefs. And I have made every single one of these mistakes myself, by the way. My top three action tips, and I've got an amazing free exercise to help you find that common ground and peace. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Medcalf, and I'm a practicing psychologist, number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 35 years of experience helping people just like you. Join me as I teach you actionable tips and strategies to create connection, joy, and ease in all your relationships. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your loving, just joyous host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. It is very nice to have you here. If you're here for the first time, thank you for tuning in. For all of my longtime listeners, oh, I love you so much. Oh my gosh, the last reviews were beautiful. If you haven't left a review yet, there's tens of thousands of you listening right now. So I just need to say, I don't have tens of thousands of reviews. So I'm going to lay a little Jewish guilt on you and please ask, please, please, come on. Come on, give me a break. Leave me a review. It really helps tremendously. It helps us create the world peace because we are getting the message out. And uh, I try to just, I give you just huge, I it's my goal to give you huge value every week. And so um, whether you leave a review or not, you still get the value. So, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be here for you. And I'm going to ask for things sometimes because I think that's okay. You know, to me, that's okay. We, we can ask for things. So, leave, uh, you know, rate me on Spotify, leave a review on Apple or uh, like and subscribe or leave a comment on YouTube. If you're watching me on YouTube, I'm having the worst hair day. Do you ever have those days? Oh, my God. But we're not here to talk about my hair. Okay. It's just a terrible hair day, though. It's just not working. Okay. <laughs> 
Moving on. So when it comes to managing different beliefs in your relationship, I think a lot of it's obvious, right? So for example, if, um, if you believe there's a God and, you know, spend your time in prayer, but your partner is an atheist who believes that, you know, all this God talk is, is rubbish. It, it doesn't take Einstein to figure out that you're going to have difficulties, right? It's going to get in the way. It's going to be problematic. But I'm also, it can also be trouble if, so that's like the obvious stuff. But the, the not so obvious stuff is the trouble that gets created if, let's say, you're someone who doesn't follow any religion per se, but you're highly spiritual and maybe believe, you know, you're an energetic being. You might even carry, I don't know, crystals in your pocket, but your, your partner thinks all that's bullshit. So that can happen too. So what we're going to discuss today isn't just about religion, but also how you operate spiritually. And... Well, having said that, we are going to delve a little bit into religious beliefs just for a moment before we jump in. But um, so many people have been asking me over probably the last two years, really. I don't know why it's taken me so long to get to this topic, but uh, about, you know, having a different belief than their partner. But what I've noticed is that so many of those are people, they're not, again, different religions, but where one is more just sometimes they're even the same religion, but someone is very spiritual or, you know, does a lot of prayer or again, like crystals maybe, or, uh, reads tarot cards or believes in energy or the law of attraction or some other thing. And their partner really doesn't. And what that creates. So, uh, I'm excited to do this today. It's taken me a while to get here, but I'm here. Here we are. Okay. So first, I want to give a little background in the United States first, because most of my listeners are in the United States. And we know that in the U.S., about 70% of people still marry within the same faith. They, you know, track this with marriage license. But, and other research, it's not just that. Um, But that same research also shows that marrying within the same faith is less important than it was in previous years. And what's what's really interesting about that, at least to me... (laughs) is that the majority of these interfaith marriages are between Christians and people who aren't affiliated with a religion of any kind. So I don't know. I find that kind of interesting. And and you know I love this stuff and was looking at every bit of research I could find. And so and I'll again, as I always do, link on the show notes page and on the podcast page to some of it. I don't link to all the research. It's ridiculous. If you want to do that, go on your own little hunt. But I, I do a lot of it and then I try to just pull a few that I think are, um, the most relevant, the most, you know, the biggest and, you know, the biggest amount of people studied. And I, I use those in case you, in case you want to go down a rabbit hole with me and learn this stuff. But another thing that I found that I thought was really interesting is that as people age here in the U S the religion becomes more important to them. So what I take that to mean is that you might have spiritual differences that weren't an issue in the first years of your relationship will become likely, you know, given this, an issue if you stay together a long time. So even if you don't, if you're listening now going, I don't know if this applies to me, we don't really have a lot of issues, I would say you could definitely have more issues over time. So maybe listen up anyway. Okay. Um, and I do know I have people listening to this from all around the world. Thank you. Love you. And, uh, I first spent a lot of time going down many rabbit holes. I think we're in 181 countries now or something like that. So 
I was down, you know, the I was looking at the, you know, kind of the top countries that listen like Canada and the U and the UK and uh, love you Australians. You know, I love you people. I love you all. But the Australians write to me the most. See if more of you writ, wrote from other parts. Although I, I have some uh, a wonderful man in Ireland who's been writing who I love. Anyway, um, but you know, all I, I looked at all these different countries in Japan. I've been I've been selling a bunch of books in Japan. I thought oh, more more Japanese people are, are listening and reading, and it got crazy. Like I had written up notes that looked like a dissertation. So I realized that you know just <laughs> that I needed to I needed to to pare that down. So then I started looking for meta studies, you know, large scale studies uh, that encompassed many countries. And so I, so I want to talk about that today. So I did in this international research, I did find a large scale study, which is conducted periodically in 48 countries. And so I thought that was great. And I went through all that. And I'll link again, link to that study in the show notes and on the blog post page. Um, but what I, and there was a lot of information, but what I found the most relevant for today's discussion is that in the last decade, there have been major changes in people's religious versus their spiritual identification and the way that that impacts a couple. So, so specifically, People who reported being more religious declined in these in these 48 countries overall. People who said they were more religious declined, while those saying they were more spiritual grew. So that gives us some real information, right? About what and and really guided um, how I am presenting this information today. So so just you know. Just think about that, this spirit, this idea of spirituality versus religion. And I'm not going to define those terms. I, I, I think you need to define them for yourself um, any more than I already have. But uh, it is fascinating how people are sort of opening up to other things, right? So basically, what I'm, how I'm dividing this all today is into two groups. I believe there's really two groups of couples or people I'm talking to. And... Those two, so when it, when we're talking about, yeah, managing your spiritual beliefs, so two groups, I'm trying to get my thoughts together. The first is, the first group to me is if you practice two different religions, right? That's kind of the most obvious. So if you're a Christian, but your partner is Jewish or you're a Muslim, but your partner is Catholic, you know, whatever, right? Two different religions, both people say they're religious, you know, they have religions and that. But the other group of couples encompasses where that I think is happening is where one and so when i say two religions i should be clear about that so like yeah and then there's another group so in the two religions i will also say that can also be where one person uh believe is muslim let's say and the other person is um atheist okay so two different like kind of beliefs and atheism isn't a religion but you get where i'm going here the other group of couples, I think, encompasses where one partner is following, well, no, I'll keep it here. Sorry. Sorry. So two different religions is the first group. The second group, get it together, Abby. It's the bad hair day. It's throwing me off. I'm so sorry. The other group, to me, encompasses couples where one partner is following a religion or a spiritual path, while the other person is either atheist or agnostic. Let's do it that way. Okay? Let's be really clear. So. The one group is if you're both just different religions. The other is if one of you is religious or spiritual and your partner 
is not, is atheist or agnostic. And by the way, I, I will define those really quick because I used to make these mix these two up all the time or even think they were kind of synonymous and they are in some ways, but really an atheist is someone who just doesn't believe in a God of any kind, while an agnostic is someone who doesn't believe it's possible to know for sure if a God exists. Okay. So that is the difference. I'll probably just say atheist a lot today, but there you go. So those are the two kinds of groupings. So for the couples who have just different religions, okay, I'm, I'm Jewish and you're Christian. I think it can actually be a little easier, believe it or not, because you can find a way to align spiritually. So even though your religions don't align, your spirituality can. So for the couples where one is spiritual though, and one is not at all, I actually think it's a little tougher. I, I think when there's no, you know, someone believes in some, a God of some kind and someone doesn't, that's a very different way to be. Um, but I will say that for either type of couple, it's really about deciding what the culture and values are inside your home and within your relationship. So I'll talk about that very specifically when I get into the tips. And I have an amazing free download today that's going to help you do that. So um, because, because why? Because Abby loves you. That's why. Who loves you? I do. So, but let's talk about the mistakes first, because, you know, so in my first marriage, I was, uh, so, and actually with every, I think I've only dated one Jew, two, well, when I, when I lived in Israel, I dated a Jewish guy, but I don't even know if that counts as much. Um, but other than that, I think I've only had one Jewish, like, long-term relationship, but anyway, but not in my marriage. So I made all these mistakes, I want to say. Um so I feel, I feel your pain <laughs> and just know I'm with you. Okay. So these are the top, I, I think there's really eight mistakes overall that couples make when it comes to different spiritual beliefs. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of where I want to start. So, and again, if you, you might have already made some of the mistakes and it doesn't mean you have to keep making them, I guess is what I'm going to say. Like maybe in your next relationship or your next marriage or, or even in this particular relationship, you don't have to keep doing it. All right. So mistake number one I see a lot is not discussing the differences before getting married or even dating seriously. I find this amazing. I think people don't want to talk about it because they know it can be a deal breaker. Frankly, that's why I think it. So they keep their heads in the clouds. You know, you're having your head, love will conquer all. Love does not conquer all. But I, you know, and I think of myself, I just didn't, we didn't really discuss it much. We sort of perused it. We sort of like touched on it, but we didn't really, it amazes me now. <laughs> I was a lot younger when I first got married. Um, didn't know what I know now. Anyway, so that's, that's mistake number one and mistake that I made. Mistake number two is not agreeing to the way you'll raise kids spiritually and thinking again that it'll just kind of work itself out or thinking, you know, we'll just let them choose later. And I, I shouldn't say that's a mistake. I That was a mistake for me. That might not be a mistake for you. Um, my kid's dad and I, we just, you know, I we all know I'm Jewish. Um, we didn't really talk. We, we talked about it briefly but I didn't realize how important Judaism might be to me later in raising my kids and the traditions and stuff, which I'll also talk about in a minute. Um, but I didn't really think about it. So when, you know, he was like, well, why don't we let them choose later? We can kind of teach them both on the way and they can choose. And I was like, oh, great idea. You know, I'm a Libra. I love that idea that we didn't have to argue about it. And it was not, we really did not go into detail that we should have gone into. 
and it did create um, some problems on the other side. So you you don't just leave that up to the gods. Uh, and that brings me to mistake number three, which is not discussing like religious traditions beforehand and what is or isn't okay. So there were things that I thought, you know, um, for sure we're going to be okay <laughs> that weren't and vice versa. So um, I, you know, growing up as a New York, uh, a Jew in New York, I didn't grow up with Christmas trees and things like that in my house. You know, both my parents are Jewish and we're Jewish. They're gone now, but... Um, you know, I grew up in a Jewish home, very Jewish home. And, um, we, you know, went to temple, all the things. And, um, I didn't, uh, think much about, you know, kind of Christian traditions as far as, I mean, obviously it was all around me. It's all around everybody. If you live here in the United States, you know, Christianity is the dominant, dominant religion. So it's everywhere, you know, Christmas and Easter and all those things. So, um, I did. So then I remember when we got married, I remember like when I was, when my husband and I were, uh, were dating or just first together, even after we got married, he, his parents had lived nearby and they, his mom was an interfaith minister, if you love that. And his dad, his stepdad was Jewish. So there was a nice little mix of things and they always had a big Christmas tree and all the things. And so we would like go there for all that, you know, that was kind of over there. And then, but once we had kids, um, their dad was like, I want a Christmas tree in the house and I want stockings hanging over the, the, the fire. We had a fireplace and I balked. I was like, the Christmas tree I kind of got behind, but I was like, okay, I can kind of do a tree. But I, for whatever reason, the stockings bugged me. I don't know why. I can't say why. So these are things we did not talk about beforehand. We did not talk about, again, and both of us sort of changed, again, with kids, like and what we wanted. And he wanted his kids to wake up to a tree on Christmas morning, and he wanted them to have stockings, and here's the way you do it. And um, there was just a lot of stuff that I was like, why would you assume that? And that's, you know, it's a thing, right? It's a thing. And we just didn't really get clear on it. There were, I think there was assumptions, again, on both sides. Mistake number four is not learning about your partner's faith and thinking like it's them, not you, you know? And I would say this, if your partner had cancer, would you not learn all you could about that particular type of cancer? So, and I have to tell you, like cancer's more of a one in a million thing that's gonna happen. The religion thing is gonna be your day-to-day -day life. So the fact that we don't really learn about our partner's religions is a thing. And, uh, it's important, I think, to learn the history, the rituals, the traditions, you know, what, what, how this relates now to have those discussions about all that. And, um, hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. And we ended up having those discussions, which was really great. And, and uh, my kid's dad was very uh, open to, you know, he grew up with a, he grew up a lot of his life with his stepdad who was um, Jewish. And his um, mom being an interfaith, like she used to wear a high around her neck, you know, she was interfaith and was really open to all that. And they had a menorah in their house, things like that. So there were some places where I think he was just very open that I don't know that everybody would have been, but um, so, you know, but, but talking about those things and really getting clear is super duper important, I think, and really learning. And if your partner is Muslim or whatever, to really learn about things. Mistake number five, I see a lot is avoiding conversations because you think there's no way to compromise or, you know, no common ground you can find. So uh, there's always lots of ways to find common ground. I'll talk about those in the tips. But so I think people, and probably like I did, maybe, I, maybe I thought the same thing, um, where I wasn't really going deep on things and asking important questions because I didn't think there was a place we could come together. But I see that a lot. I don't know if that was me as much, but I saw that, I see that a lot with other couples. When I start talking about this stuff, they're like, well, why would we talk about it? You know, they're this and I'm this, we're never going to be able to figure it out. And, um, of course you can figure out lots of things. So don't put your head in the sand because you're worried you won't be able to compromise or find a common ground. Mistake number six is thinking that your beliefs are the only right ones and are trying to push your beliefs on uh, your partner. That's a big mistake I see a lot. Um, I will tell you that, uh, you know, there's a lot, you know, Judaism is one of those things. There's a lot of stuff about Judaism I don't like. I think like any of us who were raised with a religion, there's often things we don't like about it. There's certainly things I don't like, but there is something I do love about Judaism, and that is that we never, ever, ever, ever push our religion on anybody. Uh, ever. Ever. Matter of fact, if you want to get in, it's hard. <laughs> you have to convert. You have to be approved to convert. There's like a year-long process, and there's lots of stuff to learn. I mean, it it ain't a joke. Like if you want in, you got to really do some things to get in. So we're not looking to, you know, get you over to our side. Um, so there's no, none of that pushiness to be Jewish. Having said that, you know, uh, you hear it like, you know, Jews have this thing, oh, we're the chosen people, you know, that's pretty arrogant. Um, and that in and of itself is kind of saying what's right, <laughs> you know, like we're the chosen ones. This is the right way. I'm not saying all Jews think that way, but there are some, just like in any religion, there are some people who think this is the only right thing. And, you know, I have to, I've never understood pushing your religion on anyone. I have to say, so if you're someone who does that, I, I'm not, I just am telling you I don't understand. I'm not trying to throw shade at your religion. I just don't understand what that is. I mean, I get what you say it is on some level that you're trying to save everybody, but that's not your job. You know, like it's so dismissive of other beliefs and things. It's anytime any group thinks that their way is the only right way, it always scares me. Um, the French philosopher Andre Guide, I uh, hope I said that right. Sorry, French people, don't hate on me. Um, he said, uh, believe in those seeking truth, doubt those who find it. And I've always loved that. Um, I've always loved that quote. Okay. So that's a mistake I see people making and, uh, where they're getting pushy or thinking there's the right way or trying to disprove the other person's religion. I don't, I don't like that. 
Uh, mistake number seven is getting too many opinions, getting too many outside opinions on this issue. So going to your clergy people, going to your parents, going to your siblings, going to, oh, stop it. This is between you and your partner. If you want to include, you know, your couples therapist, if you want to include, I don't know, maybe one other person, that is fine, but don't ask 50 people. Like, and this is true of any problem you might have. I don't think you should be asking tons of people their opinions. I think it's always a mistake. Um but especially here. So that is mistake number seven I see. And then the last common mistake I see is um, creating any kind of competition or defensiveness around the holidays or around the religion. And so, you know, I have to admit this was a problem for me. I think, again, growing up as a minority religion and having, you know, Christmas, I always think of Christmas mostly, but Easter too, like certain holidays just everywhere. And these assumptions, you know, it's hard, you know, everywhere you go in the month from really Thanksgiving on here in the United States, all you hear is Christmas music. Any public place you are, it's constant Christmas music. It's, uh, you know, it's hard if when that's not your thing, it, it feels um, a, a little oppressive, a little like, you know, it, it, it can get you a little defensive. I think that was my issue with the stockings. I don't know. I was somehow, you know, the stockings over the fireplace. I was somehow defensive and I'm not saying I'm proud of it. I'm just saying what I think I've been over the years. I, and I think that that happens when we're feeling attacked or like, you know, again, a minority in some way you feel like, um, you need to defend your religious beliefs or whatever that is, um, or any beliefs or no beliefs. If you're, ag if you're uh, agnostic or atheist, like, how can you not believe in God? You know, like they just don't, it's okay. They're going to be okay. Everyone's okay. So any kind of, or, or sometimes what I see is that, you know, Christmas will be the bigger holiday and, and Ramadan is not, you know, or, you know, whatever Kwanzaa is not. And there's more emphasis put on one religion than another. And I do remember my kid's dad, when we were together, he, he just, he, he had a really frank conversation with me and said, listen, you're the like kind of heart and soul in this family of the get togethers and dinners and decorating the house, you know, for Halloween or whatever, right. For the holidays. So if you're not behind this, the kids aren't gonna, you know, they're gonna feel it. They're gonna feel like something else is dominant. And I got what he meant. And so I really, that's when I really changed my mind about having things around the house and incorporating both, you know, really having space for both religions and not feeling this competitiveness or defensiveness around stuff. And, and I'm not saying I was perfect at it. It was often hard, but it's something I really worked at. So those are the eight mistakes I see the most. Um, you might be making one or all of them. Uh, I know. Good times, right? Okay. So let's talk about the tips. You know me, I'm not just gonna make you sad, I'm gonna give you some tips. So these are my three tips that I've used with clients, myself, everywhere, over the years that I also, you know, come from the research too. These are my top three tips for creating, you know, common ground and peace, right? Isn't that what we're looking for, some common ground and peace? Okay, so tip number one is respect and support. A lot of these are like two words, but tips number one and two are two words respect and support. So no matter what else you do, creating respect for your partner's belief or beliefs 
is the main thing I, I think you have to accomplish. There can't be arguing or debating, again, or trying to convince the other person of something. I want you to see it as you would anything else that the two of you do, that you want to respect and support it. You know, there's other things, I've talked about Gary and, you know, my man Gary and his Spartan races and triathlons and all the physical, I don't get it. I think there are a bunch of crazy people out there. I don't understand <laughs> this world, but I do not dismiss it in any way. It's something that he feels, I would say that is Gary's spiritual space because my, my man is not very religious at all, or not religious at all, not even very, he's just not. Um, and, you know, does not go to church, does not do any of that. And, but I think, you know, his, this is his like meditation practice or whatever, when he exercises and shows a lot of people who relate. So I always make room for that. I, I don't think of it as an extra thing he might get to do if there's time, you know? Um, I think of it as something that's intrinsic to him that he needs to feel, so I respect and support it in every way I can. And people, you know, you've, if you've been listening for a while, you know, I go to the Spartan races with him when I can, and I support him and I fill the bathtub with ice because he's going to be sore when he's done with a, you know, a race, you know, and whatever. I, I make room, you know, have you worked out today? Oh, tell me about it. What'd you do? You know, I show interest. I learn. I know all about the different kinds of Spartan races, all the things, you know, just like I would about a religion or something else that this person I love holds dear. And so it doesn't have to be something you completely understand, but if it makes the other person happy and brings them peace, then that is beautiful, right? So you can't have any ridiculing or rolling of your eyes. You can't, you know, don't criticize or try to prove your partner wrong. It's again, not about believing what your partner believes. I have never run a Spartan race, nor would I. Uh, it's about respecting your partner's right to hold their views. And again, finding a way to support them, right? Finding a way to support them. So this could be like a Christian partner learning the, the, the Jewish prayer over, you know, the candles on Shabbat or on, well, the women do the prayer, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so if you're a female, I guess you could learn the prayer if you're not Jewish, you know, like, or it could be, you know, uh, the, the Hanukkah candle, you know, or something like you could learn one of the prayers that's important or learn something like that. This could also be keeping the kids out of the bedroom. If you're, so your partner can have uninterrupted meditation time each morning, you know, that's another way to respect and support. Always think of that, excuse me, in those ways. And I know like I read, you know, I do lots of crazy crap. You know, I read tarot cards. I have been since I was a teenager and I believe in energy and all that stuff. I follow, you know, the teachings of Abraham. I've talked about it before on the podcast. Um, this is a, Esther Hicks is a woman who, um, uh, translates kind of blocks of thought for a collective, uh, group of conscious beings. And you can say that out loud and people go, what the hell are you talking about, Abby? That sounds insane. Well, guess what? Something I really believe in, something that brings me a lot of peace. Um, and I am all in and I've, you know, been following, um, Esther Hicks and Abraham since 86, 1986, I think 87, I really early on. And Gary, at time, you know, in the beginning of our relationship, he would kind of roll his eyes or talk about tarot readings. And I, I was very quick to like, nope, not allowed. 
not allowed, you know? And we had that conversation. Like you cannot roll your eyes or ridicule or think it's stupid or say anything remotely negative. But not only that, I don't want to have any negativity in the presence. Like ask me some questions about it. How do you feel about this? Do you, you know, tell me again how this makes you feel relaxed or, or comforted or whatever the words are. Like it's not just tolerating it and, you know, putting up with it. It's about truly respecting it. And at the very least, your partner's belief, respecting something your partner finds holy or important or critical. And again, this is a good lesson to learn anywhere in your relationship, right? So getting clear on that, very, very important. Respect and support. Okay. Tip number two is learn and accept. So once you've respected and supported, now you can learn and accept. I want you to make it a goal to learn about one another's beliefs or point of view, right? If they're atheist or agnostic. This, it's not a time to debate or argue. It's a time to have an open mind and listen with an open heart. You want to seek to understand, right? You want to ask thoughtful questions. What do I always say? Your goal is to learn something, not prove something. That is your goal going in. I would even go kind of, I wouldn't just say, oh, let's sit down and talk about our beliefs. You know, I would say, I would say, hey, you know, I want to hear about your beliefs. Like, we'll talk about mine another time. Let, let's really talk, right? Because when you can truly understand and accept that your partner has a different belief or beliefs than you, even if, again, that's no belief, you'll be able to find common ground because you'll both stop being defensive and start being open. Think about going with them to their religious services or events or learning about and observing the rituals at home. You know, it's, it's such a powerful way to show your partner that you you value them and you're accepting and even embracing, you know, all of who they are, not just part of who they are, all of who they are. Um, it's in it, it, really these different spiritual beliefs are no different than any other belief you have in the couple. Anything else, it is your understanding that you have a preference of something, you prefer something. I, you know, I know it's not like, yeah, I prefer this belief. This is something that I'm invested in. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong and really getting out of that. So to me, this is any, you know, any belief you hold in the couple, you want to think this about. I've talked about like, um, if you want more sex than your partner, it's same stuff. It's like respect, <laughs> support, learn, ask questions. And it's not assuming you're right. If you want more sex, you're not right. And the person wanting less sex isn't wrong. The person wanting less sex, that's their preference. You want more sex in the relationship. That's your preference. And how do we talk about this without either of us becoming defensive? How do we listen really well? How do we ask thoughtful questions? It's the same stuff. What I teach you goes everywhere. I am just really defining this in this very specific way for today. Okay. Tip number three, and this is different is to identify your values, okay? So what keeps any couple together and thriving, as far as I'm concerned, are shared core values, right? That's really it. Your, your spiritual beliefs might be different, but where do you intersect with values? What makes up the core, the deal breakers of your relationship, right? That's what you're looking at. I, I, I think I always think about... Um, one of my heroes, I talk about Dr. Viktor Frankl, you know, 
Holocaust survivor, author of Man's Search for Meaning, amazing book if you've never read it. He said that people are, I want to say it right, pushed by drives and pulled by values, you know? And your your shared values are really your your they're your true north of your relationship. That's what they are. They're your guide when you're deciding um what path to take or or they can give you direction when you're feeling lost when you don't you know when you're someone you don't know it, it they're your guideposts they 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 bring comfort clarity right that you these are the the values these are the things that are the most important to the both of you not just on an intellectual you know kind of level but on a heart or soul level so i have a great exercise and that'll be um You'll be able to download that. Come to the website, abbymetcalf.com forward slash podcast or forward slash relationship tips and tools. That's where the blog lives. And you can download it from either of those places. As always, you will be put on my mailing list, which is a once a week love letter. I'm not selling you anything. I'm not bugging you 50 times a week with emails. It is a once a week love letter, my friend. And I don't know why you wouldn't want to get it. It's just meant to inspire you every week. So you will be on the list. If you don't like it, just unsubscribe. Okay. Um, and I won't notice there's many thousands of people on that list. I, I will not notice if you unsubscribe. So it's okay. I'm not going to come after you or give you a black mark. Um, but there's an exercise I want you to download that if, if you need help with this, which is, um, it's a, it's a coat of arms, a family crest or coat of arms. And, and in, in the, in the history of humans, a family crest or a coat of arms signified really what a family stood for, you know, their values. And and it also was about what significant accomplishments their family had had, you know, their, their, which, what are accomplishments? They're your actions in line with your values, right? That's what you would call an accomplishment in a family because you did something in line with the values, right? They all, they tie in. So, and even if you have a family crest, maybe that's been passed down, it's a really wonderful practice to do your own and see if it's in alignment with your family crest, right? So, and I, I just love anything that's bringing a family together and you and your partner, you don't have to have kids to be a family, okay? You and your partner, this is yours. So I don't even know if I would involve the kids straight off depending on their ages, but depending on their ages, I might. Um, the, your family crest ha is going to have two components. The the first is uh, like having like kind of a family motto or like a phrase that sums up who you are or what you believe in as a whole. It's a really wonderful thing. It's again, a great true north. It's a place on the compass to know like that's where we're going all the time. Um, and the second piece is comprised of your four top values. Um, right? What are your four top values? And this exercise will help you and your partner, you know, just create your own family crest. So you can start living the values that are important to both of you, because as you have aligned these values, that is really the, that alignment is really what you're after no matter what. And I would say, even if you have the same religion, often values are not, these values are not aligned because, you know, depending on how you practice the religion, depending on, you know, how much you, sometimes someone is more religious than the other person. You're this, I've had many couples like this, they married in the same faith, but one person is much more religious than the other. So having these, and really, if you think about it or how I think about it is that religion was really about laying out some values. You know, here's what we believe in and here's kind of a codified way to do it. So doing it within your, just within your family is really the goal anyway, I think, um, to have this. So 
come on over, download this exercise. If you want help with aligning your values and really figuring out what they are, I think it's just a great exercise to start that conversation in a, in a great um, non-defensive open way and uh, really help you again, get in alignment with your partner. Okay. That's it. That's what I'm giving you about managing different spiritual beliefs. If there, again, so many people have written in about this. If there was something else you wanted from this, you can email me at abby at abbymetcalf.com or you can come to the website on the Let's Connect page. There's a place to connect with me. Um, and I'm happy to talk further, maybe do a part two sometime down the road if there's something else you were looking for that you didn't get today. But hopefully you can use this as sort of your outline for the what not to do and what what you sh what you want to be doing and that's it we did it even with my bad hair we have completed <laughs> i think this is episode 230 oh my gosh i've been doing this a while as always i am so mm, oh i love you i'm so very happy to be here with you i so appreciate this relationship that we have i love you so so much it's always my intention to, for you to really feel that every week, um, to really know that I really care and I feel like you care about me and, and I like that we have that. It makes me feel good. Look, I'm going to cry. Don't be watching me on YouTube because I'm not going to cry. Okay. I'm holding it. Um, so I love you. I hope you have an amazing week and I will talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.